Good morning. And yes, again, welcome and greetings to each one. Tremendous opportunity to be here again. And we welcome each one, and I trust that uh, we have already been inspired to consider who we are this morning. Well, who are you? Where are you going? What's happening in your life? And why are you here? <clears throat> Appreciated the uh, devotional this morning. Some very good thoughts there of our calling and our responsibility to um, love each other. You know, uh, Christ calls the church his bride. And uh, if we can get that picture and that mind, understand why it is important to Christ that we care about his bride. I've asked the question already, how would you feel about her for us as husbands? Uh, we know we, we love our wives, I trust we do, I believe we do, uh, and uh, how would we feel about it if somebody would want to have something to do with they would like they would they would just really talk about how they love us and how they care about us and how they would like to be with us but they can't stand my wife they don't want to have anything to do with my wife they don't want to spend any time with her they just want to be with me they they have such a good relationship with me but they don't have anything to do with my wife i would have some issues with that i wouldn't i would say what's wrong here how can that even be possible? <clears throat> well, what about Jesus? There's, there's some of these people who have these confessions, these testimonies, how they just love the Lord and how they love Jesus and all, all Jesus is doing for them. But then they don't want to have anything to do with God, with the bride of Christ. And I ask you what's wrong. And I encourage you to think that, about that. And you consider that. <clears throat> and uh, may we truly love the brotherhood. I, uh, I appreciate that uh, those encouragements we had this morning. So I trust you understand my mind's been a little bit scattered. It's been a little hard to prepare a message this morning. I would like for you to... Uh, my, what I had in mind for a message this morning is, is I'm, I'm kind of doing a preliminary... It's been, uh, I look back at some of my notes, but about, I think it's eight years ago. I didn't realize it was that long. But I, the Sermon on the Mount is a very, very important part of the Scriptures. I believe it's something that we should be looking into very detailed and very closely because I believe it is Christ's teachings for us today in our time. There's some very, very good principles, very solid. There's a lot of things that we can, as we, as we make choices, as we live our lives, that we can look, we look back at Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And there are, of course, Luke has, has some of that, but we kind of look at those three scriptures as, those three chapters as the Sermon on the Mount. Luke and Mark also refer to a lot of those same teachings. But, uh, and, I, and I know we refer to a lot, and I think, uh, I know Brother Larry and Rioi have, preached out of those chapters, and I'm, I know I've pulled verses out of that and made had, you know, specific, <clears throat> but I'd li I like to occasionally do an expository 
messages going through the Sermon on the Mount and just simply talking about what Jesus actually taught in those chapters. And uh, so I'm not, I, 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 I want to do that. I'm, I'm planning on doing that this, uh, this summer, whenever it's my turn to preach or whenever, you know, I'm not saying, you know, like I, when I do a series like that, I don't never commit myself that I will always stick to that. I might have something else, but I'd like to work through them with several different messages. But this morning, um, as I was looking through that and as I was studying the, the sermon, you're just looking at again at Matthew 5 and, and the Beatitudes. And my, I mean, if I have time here, we're going to read over them at the end of the message here. But there's something that happened before that. And uh, I'm going to go briefly. I want to just walk through the first couple chapters in Matthew. Well, not Matthew 1, Matthew 3 and 4 is what I'd like to look at. Just in an expository way, just, just looking at what happened there. And we think of Jesus as he, as he preached to the people, as he preached the Sermon on the Mount, as he was out there, it says he was up on a mountain and he looked across the crowd and he opened his mouth and this is what he said. There were some things were happening before that. And, and so many times that's the way it is in our lives. And, and, uh, and I think it's important that we, we consider that. And that's kind of the heart that I'd like to have in my message this morning. I want you to think about is it's for you. As you serve God, as you consider being a servant, as you, as you minister to the people around you, how do you prepare yourselves for that? So the title that I have for the message this morning is Jesus Prepares for Ministry. Why did Jesus have to prepare for ministry? Jesus was the Son of God. We would say Jesus, everything was, he was perfect. He, he did not need to prepare, did he? But God took him through a journey, and there were some preparations were made. <clears throat> to start with, I'm going to read Deuteronomy 6. Now, why in the world do you pick out Deuteronomy 6? But we'll, I'll explain that later. I'm going to read a part. First, I'm going to start there in verse 1, and I'm going to read a portion of Deuteronomy 6, and then we'll, then we'll go to, to Matthew 3. Now, these are the commandments, the statues. Well, let's, 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 let's go get the setting here. Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. He's, he's, this is kind of a repeat. It's the, 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 the Exodus tells us where the, they've got the Ten Commandments and the law was given. And here he is, he, in Deuteronomy, uh, Moses is kind of laying it out. The law. What God's commandments. What God has said. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, and all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. 
and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And that shall, it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be fooled. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. And ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God, as ye tempted him in Massa, ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he hath commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord thy swear unto thy fathers. I'm going to stop there. It just goes on that they would, their enemies, if the children ask about all these things and what they're supposed to say. <clears throat> now let's go to... to uh, to uh, Matthew. <clears throat> Matthew 1 uh, gives the genealogy and the, the story of his birth. We're not going to spend time with that and about how their trip to Egypt, and uh, then came back, and, then it, and it ends, and it says, and it came, and he dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. <clears throat> then, in chapter 3, starts off with the ministry of John the Baptist. Now, we preached about John the Baptist here a month, a couple months ago. No, we, we, we went over his life and we looked at some lessons we could learn from John the Baptist and some things we could learn. But this was his message, repent ye for the, children, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he says he was preaching in the wilderness. That was his message. And he, and he, and he said that, and, and he goes on, and we could go on down through, I could read it, but... Uh, verse, verse 3 says, for this is he... Uh, this is the Isaiah uh, writing. This is, this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. <clears throat> the thought that I would like to, again, we're looking in this light as, 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 as Jesus is preparing for his ministry. And so first of all, God sent John the Baptist. This was something that was prophesied, but God sent John the Baptist, and John the Baptist's message was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist was preparing the way for Jesus. God was working in a way. So the thought that I would like to impress upon us this morning is that if you want to be a, if you want to be a minister, and I don't mean that in the light of a preacher, I'm talking about in the light of somebody that is a servant of God. If you want to be a servant in the kingdom of God, if you want to fill your place in the kingdom of God, <clears throat> recognize that there is a calling. God calls people 
to that. Now, he calls all of us to be a part of his kingdom. So there's an opportunity to each one of us. It's not just that it, but it, what, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to encourage us to consider is that this thing of ministry, this thing of working in the kingdom of God is not just something that you drum up of yourself and you say, well, this is, you know, maybe you have, other, you have, you have hobbies and you have goals in your life. And so there's, we're all different. We have different things we enjoy doing. Some of the ladies like to cook, and some of them like to sew, and some of them like to, to you know, whatever else you'll enjoy doing. And some of us men, we enjoy different things. We, you know, we, we, some of us like to take care of pigs like me, and most of you don't like that. Uh, uh, and, or you might want to, you, you like to do something with wood and, and, and different things. <clears throat> we enjoy different things. And, and, and we can do that, and we, we, we set our hearts to doing those things, and we enjoy doing them, and, we, uh, and, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. But I, I gather in the, what I, I'd like to impress upon is that Jesus had a specific call, and I think that and, and, and John the Baptist had a specific call to become to prepare a way for him. And, and I think there's, each one of us has that, and, and that it's essential that as we consider our place in the kingdom of God that we don't try to decide what that place is, but we allow God to decide what that place is. Mm. Jesus wasn't up there in heaven and he kept thinking, you know, this is just something I'd kind of like to do someday. But Christ in the kingdom of heaven, as he looked at the, as God and, you know, as God looked across this kingdom, there was a specific thing to be in. And the Bible tells us Jesus was the only one that was able to fill that place as the Son of God, the Holy, the only one that was righteous and without sin, that was able to fill that place and to give His life. That was the only one that was able to do that. And I'd like for us to, to seek in our own hearts to be so open and so so uh, so wide open. I guess that's just the term I'll use. Just so wide open that I want to serve God, and it's I have no. It's not I want to do it this way, and I want to do it that way. And I see. See, we're still doing our own things. If we're not careful, that's the mindset we have. We can be completely open where God gives us a work to do, and we glory in doing that work. We glory in what God has called you to do, each one of us individually. We look for that. We just simply seek that and allow the Holy Spirit to direct us in that place that God wants us to do it. <clears throat> Think about that. John the Baptist, this is the, this is the account here. and we could, we could read about some of his teachings. He said what he taught about. He, the Sadducees and the Pharisees came to him. And this is again another, and I think this is part of what he was trying to tell them. They came out there with their own ideas. They came out there trying to say, okay, you know, uh, I don't know, were they critical? Were they trying to, you know, what they were trying to say? But he says when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to his baptism, he was out there baptizing people unto repentance. And he said unto them, O a generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? 
Bring the forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of those stones to raise up children unto Abraham. <clears throat> now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good food is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. Well, that, then he goes on and talks about Jesus. Going back to what I was saying in this thought of, of uh, finding, preparing ourselves for ministry. Jesus prepared for ministry, and so we want to prepare ourselves to serve. Uh, what, what, what did it take in Jesus' life? And that was, first one was broken. It's just a total surrender and a willingness to do whatever needed to be done. Uh, and in order to find, you know, that, that, well, that's what John the Baptist was telling these people. And for them, they need to come to full repentance and to seek. They bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. That their lives were surrendered and they were bringing, living, uh, you know, and then he goes on. And he, and he brings out the thought that they were, they were saying, well, we're Abraham's seed because we are the children of Abraham. We're, we're a little bit better. We, get, we deserve a little bit more. We can do a little bit. We, we have this place and we have that place. And he's telling that he told them that they need to bring, that, 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 the, that their calling is to bring forth fruit. And so let's, let's consider that in our lives. You know, we, we think, well, because of what I experienced and because of what what I know, and because of my abilities, I should be able to do this for God. And how soon are we just like those Pharisees and those Sadducees were, instead of just having, here I am. What can I do for the kingdom of God? <clears throat> okay, let's go on. We need to move on here. Let's look at the account um, Verse 13, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. And John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. This was Jesus' words. Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. John the Baptist was, by, was baptizing people. And here comes Jesus, and he wants to be baptized. And John the Baptist says, wait a minute here. You are Jesus. You are the Son of God. I should be baptized with you, not you of me. This is backwards. And, it, and John was right. I don't think John was wrong. I think he, had a, I think he understood that. And I think there was, there was a, uh, that, was, that was true because of who Jesus was. But Jesus said, suffer it to be so now. And this is what he said, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Mm. And again, we're looking at what did Jesus have to do to prepare for his ministry. Jesus was holy. Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus was righteous. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus didn't have to do anything, did he? But he understood that he did. He understood that it was right for him to do what was called to do, what he was called to do. And so if, 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 there was a, if, if they were called to be baptized into repentance, then Jesus said, I want to be baptized. 
And again, I, we, I, you know, I don't think it, that it had to be done that way, but I think it was an example for us, and I thought I'd like to, to note it for us, that we can learn from this. Jesus understood the concept of following God's plan and surrendering his way, himself, to the plan of God. And he fulfilled all that. It says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, he went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And I'd like to note that, again, this is, this is an anointing. This is, this is God's response to Jesus. Uh, all we know about Jesus' life from the time he was born we know, we know the story of his, of, of his birth, but Jesus didn't do anything there. That was just God worked all that out. Joseph and Mary and all those people's obedience uh, they, to, to God's plan and his willing, their willingness to simply follow and obey God uh, brought Jesus to where he was. And it says that he worked in the carpenter shop and he was, you know, he was obedient to his parents. And so from, he went from that... And to, to he went out, and he asked John to baptize him. And so again, we just see an act of obedience and, and the concept that he wants to do what needs to be done. And it's at that point that the Holy Spirit came down like a dove, and he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This, Jesus was well pleasing to God at that point in his life. He had no preaching. No teach, no, nothing, no, no miracles, uh, nothing had happened yet, we might say. But it did. God was working, of course, in Jesus' life. When Jesus was surrendered, he was allowing God to, to, yes, to work in his life. So, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And were his words there, and, he, and, and that, that this is when, Jesus, when God said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And so the thought that I would like to leave is with the, 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 to get out of that is that God loves that. that that's, really, that's, that's what really God is asking of us. In wherever stage we are in our lives, it's not that we are accepted with God because we achieve a certain level or we, we, are, we, we have come to a certain place. It's just, are we following? It's just simply obey, obedience where we are. That was acceptable to God. Then we have chapter 4. The, the temptations. And I'd like to go through this and read this account. <clears throat> and that's why I read Deuteronomy 6. Jesus was tempted three times. He responded with Scripture. Two of those came out of Deuteronomy 6. And the other one, the first one, was out of Deuteronomy 8. <clears throat> I'll mention that when I get to it. For chapter 4 of Matthew. Then said Jesus, Then was Jesus led up to the will of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward 
and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And let's remember, we are reading this in the light of Jesus preparing for his ministry. So the, the tempter came to him, and he tempted him, uh, and he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus answered, and he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And that is taken out of Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. And that's an account where, Jesus, where, where Moses was referring to the people how God gave them manna. And he provided food for them. But they were to take a lesson from that, that they were, they were dependent on God. That was the lesson they were supposed to take from that, from that manna. It wasn't that, uh, you know, we know that they had all these people out in the wilderness, and we know that all these people were out there and they needed food, and there was, they didn't have enough food. And so God said he would provide food for them. And so he sent this manna every day, and they needed to take of that manna, and except for on the, on the Sabbath day, they were not supposed to pick it up on the Sabbath day. The day before, they were supposed to take enough to last two days. Otherwise, they were just supposed to take enough for the day. And they were See, see the point is, they had to depend on God every morning. They had to depend on God every day. There was no such thing as, well, God sent all this manna, I'm going to get a whole bunch of it, then I can take care of myself. No. I only, God provided them for one day, and then the next day they depended on God. The, the, the point was, God was taking care of them, yes. But God wanted them to learn more than that. He wanted them to learn that they could depend on Him. And that they did, were not able of themselves. And that, they, that the, although in their smarts and their wisdom they could gather enough and they, could, they, they maybe could come up with some freezers or they could come up with something like we do. We figure out how to can things so that they last so we have something for the wintertime. Or we have freezers and we have all those kind of things so that we can take care of our food so that we have something to eat in the wintertime when we can't go out and pick it. <clears throat> I don't think that would have worked with the manna. Because God had a special intent here. And he wanted them to know that they could depend on him. And they, he wanted them to actually do that. Completely depend on him. And so when, when the tempter comes and he says, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread, Jesus would have been able to do that. I really believe that. <clears throat> but Jesus even though he was hungry, it says he was hungry. And he wanted some bread, he wanted something to eat. And he could have done that. And we know, we know that the issue is partly here that he was, and this kind of whole thing of, uh, of, uh, was obeying the devil and taking the, and following his word. But, but, but Jesus referred to more of that. It was, it was a principle behind this thing. He couldn't do that. Because bread was not what was the, the most important thing. Mm. God's still trying to teach us these things. God is still trying to show us that when we depend too much on ourselves, we fall flat on our faces. 
Thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, If it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Total dependency. And if you want to be prepared for ministry, in, 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 you know, if we want to prepare ourselves for ministry, if we want to be prepared to live this Christian life, this is something that needs, we all have to learn. And, and we're going to be tempted with this over and over again of trying to be self-sufficient and do our own things. But God wants us to learn to depend on Him and to rest upon Him and allow Him to be our provider, our protector. So to prepare, to prepare for ministry, we must learn these lessons. Just as God was trying to teach the children of Israel, Christ understood this. He responded that way to this temptation. How can we respond to the temptations that we have of being self-sufficient and doing our own thing and being our own person? <clears throat> the second one, when this was not successful, says the devil taking him up into the holy city and he set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou shalt, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And so the devil now takes the same approach, and he uses a scripture of the past, past scriptures, and he said, well, it is written that, you know, the angels are going to take care of you, so you just jump down. And Jesus answered him, and this is taken out of Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. He says, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And we'll look at the setting of that. that was written in originally. Maybe we should go back there. Went and closed that. He refers to their, the account where they tempted God and because they, 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 they kept challenging. It, it, it's all in this whole concept of trusting God and allowing God to be God. And Jesus understood these temptations. You know, what the devil is trying to do, to Jesus, what he tried to do to Jesus, what he's trying to do to each one of us here this morning, what the devil is trying to do himself is be God. He wants to be, he says, he lifted himself up to, that he's, he's as God. He told Eve that. That, that. that continues to be what the devil is trying to do to each one of us. He tries to keep, keep our minds to think of being God. Of We can do this. We don't need God. We can do it on our own. Even, you know, God's going to send the angels to take care of you. Just go on and jump. <clears throat> that sounds like a challenge of, you know, God can take care of you, just totally trusting God. No. It is still trying to be something himself. Putting God in a place where we're, he was controlling God instead of allowing, allowing God of surrendering to God. That, that, that's, you know, I think that's the heart of the temptations, the heart of you know, we heard this morning that we shouldn't, you know, it, we, a lot of time we bring these things into our own lives. And we do. By our own failures, our own mistakes. <clears throat> but so many times it's because we are trying to, to be God ourselves. 
So we go on to the third one. Again, the devil taking them up into an exceeding high mountain, and he showed them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. What all did Jesus see in this temptation? What all did the devil see in this temptation as he presented it to Christ as an opportunity, as a possibility? You know, in my mind, I would often say, well, Jesus was the Son of God, that all of that was his anyway. The devil didn't have any right to give it to him. Although I do understand that the devil seems to, the Lord gave the, when God gave the devil a certain level of, of power in this, in this world, he is, the, he, is the, he is the God of this world. But this is where this whole concept of trying to be God comes into here. This thing of worship. This thing of where we what, what are we pursuing? What is, what, is, what is important to us? And I think this is where these temptations, and as we think of this, this concept of preparing for ministry, as we prepare ourselves to be vessels in the kingdom of God, to be workers in the kingdom of God, how can we find ourselves surrendered, totally broken? You know, if, if these things, this, this allurement of this world... Paul writes about, you know, the world, what, or I know that's John that says, you know, and he defines it, and I think that's a very, very good definition if you want to get a definition of the world. You know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, and I've heard those taken and compared to what the devil was tempting Jesus here. They can, you, you can take them and go all the way back to the Garden of Eden and consider what, what the devil was tempting Eve with. Uh, that's the world. That's the, those concepts, those thinkings. Pride of life, being something, our pride. This is something that we don't, that just that we can, that we constantly deal with. That we that this is real, and it, it's it's just a thing of, you know, can we can we get to the point? This was the calling that that uh, Jesus had. Jesus said, you know, that there in Deuteronomy that Moses was given to you. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy strength, and all thy mind. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And it says there that the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. <clears throat> so, as we prepare for ministry, as Jesus prepared for his ministry, as he, as we, as he, as he, considered his work, his, his coming work, and we know that it was work. Uh, he became weary. Uh, he, was, he was troubled at times, and he was under a lot of pressure at times. And we see his ministry was not always just, you know, it wasn't just uh, easy to his flesh in his, in his life. He, there was work. As he prepared for that, I think these, some of these truths where he were, was what God was trying to teach us. I don't think he was trying to teach Jesus that because he, under, he already knew these things. But in this, Satan tempted him in these very things, his humanity. Why was Jesus tempted? We often hear, well, Jesus was tempted in, light, in, all, in, light, in all 
manner like we are, you know, and he, he understands. And I think that's very true. And I, and I think I consider these temptations. <clears throat> but there's one thing that I, another point that I would like to note, there was another uh, that I would like to note in these temptations that are very real for me. And uh, that is that Jesus was completely victorious. He was able to respond with the, with the word of God. He was able to resist. He was able to completely resist that thing. The example of complete victory in temptations. Friends, I'm, I'm, I haven't been that successful. I've failed when temptations have come my way. I've, there's been times that I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't that victorious. But I also know I can be through the power of God. Christ was victorious in temptations, and so can you. <clears throat> Time to close. The chapter goes on. Jesus began to teach according to the scriptures. It tells us where, where he, they, uh, it says, when Jesus heard that John was cast into prison, he went out into Galilee, left Nazareth, and dwelt in Capernaum, and he, and he started preaching uh, in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, according to what uh, was prophesied, and his message was, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he met a couple men. First he met Peter, Simon Peter, and he Andrew, and he told them to, uh, they were fishing, he told them to follow him, and that he would make them fishers of men. And it says, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. And then he went on, and he met John and James, the sons of Zebedee, and he told them the same thing. They left their nets, ship and their father and followed him. And... Uh, so he was required some of his followers, and we read on other some of the other gospels give more accounts of how some of the other disciples and the others began to follow him. It says, and his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all the sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those that which were lunatics, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. This is the setting. Jesus, John, Matthew gives us four chapters about who he was, his birth, his, how he dwelled in Nazareth, his, you know, John, how John the Baptist came, Jesus' baptism, his... Uh, temptations, how he began to preach. His message was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then how the multitudes gathered around him. Mm. And so as I, the, the title of this message was Jesus prepares for ministry. And so Jesus, so all, each one of us are preparing for ministry. Each one of us are preparing to serve. And, and, you know, there's a journey in doing that. There's a journey in, 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 in making this journey as we go there. We prepare for it. The surrender, the brokenness, the temptations, 
Those things are real in our lives. Are we willing to accept those, take those, learn from them, grow in them, and be prepared for ministry? And that's where Jesus then went. He went out and he started preaching. It says he saw the multitude. He went up into a high mountain, into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, and here we have the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to read these next several verses in closing, this, in closing the message this morning. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. I'm going to stop there. Think about that. What does the word blessed mean? What is Jesus saying here? And he has, he has this list of things that brings blessings and what those blessings are. We'll talk about that maybe next time, Lord willing. God bless you. May we be prepared for ministry. May we have our hearts prepared so that we can be vessels in the kingdom of God and that we know there's a journey, there's things to go through to be prepared. Let's kneel for a word of prayer.